Okay, it's a few minutes late. Forgive me for uh, starting here in our new uh, uh, quarter in our Wednesday night adult class. Uh, you might notice the very basic brief outline that was passed out to you. We're going to have 12 classes. We uh, are not going to have a class during the week of Thanksgiving. I think we're going to have a devotional type. So uh, that's why there's only 12 classes in this quarter. And I'm very, very excited to uh, kick this uh, class off that we've been uh, studying for several months now in preparation. And you notice here that uh, I have some great uh, Shane Vetter and John Mayberry and Brian Roberts that's going to be helping with the class. And uh, I think that's a great positive gift, different perspectives. And um, uh, we did, I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate them and their effort uh, in this class as well. So we, we titled the, uh, this is not an uh, uh, exegesis study, this is a topical study, if you will, or whatever, however you want to name it, about resisting Satan. And it's important for us to note as we begin that, uh, yes, we are going to study some of the devil's devices, and, and we're going to see how he tempts, uh, how powerful he is, the prince of the earth, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. But that's not going to be really our focus. So I, I found, after a long search, I found this is not mine, but this is a great, I think, summary of our series here. And it says, spiritual warfare is not giving the devil more attention or focusing too much on his evil ways. So that's not what this class is. But biblical warfare is making ourselves more attentive to what God is doing. And remembering to stand firm and let him fight our fiercest battles. There's power through his spirit, his word, and in prayer. And we can be confident that he is always with us, leading our way and covering us from behind. I like that. <laughs> I really do. And I know that we're, the chorus is here tonight. And... The topic that I've been given is the spiritual battle that we're facing, the spiritual warfare, if you will. Uh, that's, a broad, that's a broad topic. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I've really struggled where to begin uh, with the spiritual warfare. We are all in a spiritual warfare. We can, we can see this is a passage that, uh, well, I don't want to do that one next. I think... Uh, uh, some of the names that Satan is given. I found 30. And this is really not a focus, but I think it's interesting to depict the enemy that we have, which is Satan. We are in a spiritual warfare. We're in a spiritual battle. We, every single day, I am tempted. You're tempted. We go through trials and temptations. We're, we're human. But uh, some of the names I thought was interesting that our enemy has, and the, the tempter, Beelzebub, enemy, evil one, deceiver, great dragon, father of lies. And I have, I've wrote down several more, the uh, evil spirit, God of this world, the great red dragon, Lucifer, the old serpent, uh, prince of the world, uh, prince of the devils, Satan, tempter, wicked one, Murderer from the beginning. I have scriptures, if you want to see all these, that I found uh, 30. I think there's 30 different descriptive names of Satan. 
So I, I want us to focus. This is this is going to be our key text here after we read First Peter together, uh, chapter five. You know this passage. I know you do. And Peter is encouraging us to be sober-minded, to be watchful. Why? Why should we be sober? Why should we be alert as God's people? Why should we be watchful? He says, because our adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. I don't know of a greater danger <laughs> on earth than Satan. Do you? I mean, we're, we're, our heart is broken when we see wars, uh, when we see all types of sin around us. And we could just, we could spend hours listing all the sins of society. We could list all these things. But I don't know of a greater enemy that could do more destruction, that could do more harm, that cause more agony and non-peace, and we just go on and on tonight, than Satan. Do you? I don't know anything worse. And I want to ask a question. It's a simple question. What do you think of when you first hear the name Satan? What do you think of? Anybody? What do you think of when you first, for the first thing that pops to your mind? When somebody says Satan or the devil or Lucifer or whatever name you'd like to give him that the scripture gives him. What's the first thing that pops to your mind when you hear the word Satan? That's right. Biggest liar that's ever been. Somebody asked today, so how much uh, experience do you have in, in uh, real estate? And I told him about like, like 30 years. They said, you know what? Satan has a lot more experience than you do. <laughs> I thought, you know, that's true. He, he's, been, he's been at this from when? I think Revelation 12, 7 through 9 says that he was kicked out of heaven um, with his uh, being rebellious against God, according to Revelation 12. Uh, was he at the beginning? Yes, yes. We don't know exactly the chronological order of when Satan came, but he was definitely a being, a creation of God, a fallen angel of God. We can go on and on here tonight, but I think it's very important for us to, to, to know him to the point that we're more grateful for the cross. That makes sense? I think it's important for us to know his devices, know the enemy. Yes, that's important, but yet it makes us more, I think, dependent upon and grateful for the cross because God's won this war, hasn't he, <laughs> for us through that. Any other Adjectives that pop to your mind or when you hear Satan. I hope you don't think of someone else. <laughs> hope you don't. Hope you don't. So uh, a lot of things that pop to my mind too. But uh, I think Peter, Peter, let me go back here. Peter is exactly right when he says to resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing, you know, all these things. He said, but, but look at the end of that verse. I focus on that the past few months. Look at the end of verse 10. He says, and after you suffered a while, the grace, the God of all grace, who has called you to eternal glory, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish. Look at those four things. But we've got to do what? We've got to stay firm. We've got to stay faithful. We've got to stay focused. But we've got to uh, understand that we do have an adversary that we are constantly battling every single day of our, of our lives. Uh, I was going to ask, what destruction have you seen that Satan has done? I mean, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I don't know any sin that we've ever committed 
our evil thought that we didn't have the help of Satan. Do you? I mean, he knows where we're weak. He knows where we're strong. He is definitely enemy number one. And again, I, I just think sometimes we take that lightly, the power that he has. And he knows, again, the weakness that we have. And, and all of these negatives that we, that we could associate with Satan. But the only way that we will ever be victorious is through Christ. Through the blood of Christ and the cross. That's important for us to note. Uh, this is our key text now we're going to spend the rest of our night on. Ephesians 6, you want to turn. Ephesians 6. But before that, and I'm probably talking way too much, but uh, I, I, I want to read a few quotes that I found. And this one was written by one of our members here, uh, entitled Battling the Darkness. Listen to this. The fingerprints of Satan on this world are pain, suffering, sadness, and death. And he has no hope for us. He shows us no care. His desire is to demise. Our great Father provides in all ways. And his desire has made a path for us to his side. He gives hope despite our rejection. He cares as a father for his children. His desire is for eternal glory. We are his workmanship in the hands of his providence. The only way we can battle the darkness is by shining his light and abounding love into this dark place. And uh, I give credit, Adam Malone wrote this uh, in regards to his brother's death a few weeks ago. And I think Adam is exactly right, that the fingerprints of Satan are all over this world <laughs> today. I want to read two more quotes. I'm going to open it up here. Uh, Be kind... Because everyone you meet is fighting, fighting a great battle. Here's another one. The devil has used people in our lives to instill fear, hatred, mistrust, pain, insecurity. But it's up to us if we are going to keep it or learn how to purge it and surrender to God. I like that. One more. Quote, the strongest people in my life are the ones who know how to win battles behind closed doors that no one knows about. They know how to rise above the hard and pursue the holy, and they know bad days do not equal a bad life. <laughs> I like quotes like that. Uh, I've heard people say so many things, and we, we've all seen people that... Uh, that it's just so much tragedy that has been brought to their lives because of sin. Uh, comments or questions before I move on. And I don't mean to lecture tonight. It's easy for me to do that. So I appreciate any comments or questions before we look at this. And uh, this is going to define our spiritual battle as we begin this series uh, tonight. Any comments or questions? All right. Ephesians 6. It's very, I want to dissect this passage tonight, and hopefully we can, um, we can understand uh, our adversary better and how we can be strong in the face of that. So we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Let's stop there. <laughs> we don't wrestle with what? Anything? What, what do you, how do you understand that passage, that first part? We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Listen to the church in Ephesus. Put a good congregation, I would say. Pretty strong, great in love with God. 
But he's writing to this church to say, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. What does that mean to you? As a child of God, what does that mean to you? When you first read that, I think it's very important for us to look at that first, first part. We don't wrestle against f- flesh or blood. Our fight is not with who? Each other, is it? <laughs> Our fight is not with anything carnal, is it? Is it? That's not where our battle is. That's not where our focus needs to be. But it, look, he says four things that we, are, that we are fighting against. But against what? The rulers? Against authorities? Against the cosmic powers over this present darkness? And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places? Now, who wants to take a bite out of that one? Those four. <laughs> There's four here that we're, that we're fighting against. Paul tells the church in Ephesus, there's four things, not flesh or blood. This is not, this is not carnal. This is spiritual here. And we're, of course, we're referring, I know he's referring here to Satan. Does Satan have help? Yes or no? Does Satan have help in this world? Definitely. <laughs> Does he have, uh, uh, is it just him by himself? No, no. So, what, 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 what's, what's it mean for against the rulers? What, what rulers? Rulers are what? Are we, rulers of the nation? No. Against what? What's the rulers? He said, our fight is against what? We wrestle not with fight, but against the rulers, he says. Doesn't he? Rulers of what? Who rules this world? <laughs> Who's in charge? of this world that we live in. I know this is a different conversation that we usually have with people. I mean, who, who's in charge? How much power does Satan have? <laughs> a lot, doesn't he? He says against the authorities. What authorities? I'm asking. What authorities are we fighting against? What, what are we warring against here? What are we wrestling? We're wrestling within our soul against the rulers and authorities. What, what, what are the authorities? What's the cosmic powers over the present darkness? I did a, there's thousands of commentaries on that. <laughs> uh, well, what are your thoughts on that? I got a few thoughts, but well, what are your thoughts on that? Somebody. Against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, over the, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Look at that. There's a lot of bad things going on. Yes, ma'am. I always Thank you for saying that. This is Satan's realm, she said, if you didn't hear that. This is his realm. This is, this is what he's, we just read, uh, Peter says he's roaring, he's roaming what? He's not sitting idle, is he? He's roaming to and fro, looking for what? What's he looking for? To discourage us? Not more than that. <laughs> he's looking to keep us away from having a relationship with God, isn't he? Isn't he? And he's very successful, a lot of, a lot of people. But as, as God's people, we've got to be careful. 
We've got to be more alert. We've got to be more astute. We've got, we've got to be real careful. And it's, it is important to know some of the devices we're going to look at in the next few weeks. But it's very important for us to realize the danger that is out there, the darkness, the evil, the turmoil, the suffering. I have a whole list here that's the things that Satan is the author of that we just can't let him win. We can't. The price is too high. We're talking about eternity, aren't we? Comments or questions? And, and he, of course, we, we know the rest of this passage. Did you have a comment? Oh, we know the rest of the passage here of how to fight, but that's really not what I want us to look at uh, tonight, about the armor of God, take the home of God, armor of God that you may withstand that evil. I mean, we've got to be prepared for battle. <laughs> that, that, that's the point of this series here, this quarter. We, we've got to be alert about it, conscious about it. We, we, we all know people that's lives have been destroyed because of evil, because of sin. Uh, we just got to be careful that isn't us, especially God's people. Those of us that profess to be these ambassadors and disciples and imitators and followers of Christ. We got to be real careful about that. And, uh, of course, we know the armor of God to uh, stand, therefore, having fastened the belt of truth. I didn't want to get into all this. This is, good. This is another um, Lesson, but I highlighted verse 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the... This has always been fascinating to me. What can we extinguish? The flaming darts of who? Lucifer. <laughs> what, 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 is, what is Satan throwing our way? I mean, the, the, to me, this, this, this depicts, again, the, the, the deep danger... That, that is lurking, can I say that? <laughs> that is lurking around us in the world in which we live, that ready to, to do what he has to do to deceive us. The greatest liar, as you mentioned a moment ago, the greatest liar, I mean, it's what he do to Eve in the Garden of Eden. And say it was probably before the Garden of Eden, but what did he do to Eve in the Garden of Eden? He said, oh, if you take of this fruit, you'll be what? You'll be just like God. The pride, the, the, the flesh, all these things, the, the, the lust of the eyes. So, so he knows. So it's important to understand that I like the flaming darts. I like that description when it says the flaming darts. Comments or questions? And there, there's three, three points I want to make here in a few moments. I am way talking too much. My wife said, don't talk too much. I said, I'll try not to. <laughs> yes. Yes. The net version. The what I think, I think that's a very good point. I think it's fair to say, uh, I think we would all concur that, that Satan has a lot of help. 
<laughs> in this world in which we live. A lot of um, assistance, if you will. But he's definitely the director, isn't he, uh, of evil. And um, I think his, his you know, I, I don't know what conversation went on in Revelation 12. I'd like to know, <laughs> just curiosity between him and God. But so, uh, he was obviously, you know, wanting to be like God, the jealousy. A lot of commentaries I read, he was jealous. He was, but it wasn't just Satan, Lucifer, that was kicked out of heaven, was it? If you look at the text it, in, in Revelation 12, it was not just Satan. It was, it was many that was kicked out. So he has a lot of help um, in helping people not to have a relationship with God. We just got to be careful we're not helping him. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the class here, the next thing too. We got to be careful that we aren't part of, of um, doing anything, anything to... Um, to help people not have a relationship with God. And we need to make sure we have that first. Yes? It's real obvious that Satan has much influence on most of the people on the earth. So we are fighting against not only Satan, but most of the people in the world, which must be out of this world, who live mm-hmm. God life. So in that sense, rulers and authorities and all of this falls under that category good of the overwhelming majority of the people in this world. Your point is so well taken. The overwhelming majority (laughs) of this world is, is I don't, I've never heard anybody in my life say I'm a follower of Satan. I know there's some out there that claim that's a religion and they do that. I've never heard anybody ever say that. I've never heard anybody in my life say, hey, I'm just going to quit the church today. I never, <laughs> I've never seen that before. But I've seen a lot of drifting in, in any, I mean, from Genesis 3 to the entire Bible, man has struggled with what? What has been man's problem from the beginning? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's not putting their faith and trust and dependence upon God. And Satan has that little, that, that opening. It might start with, with a bad thought. It might be jealousy. It might be a, a self, uh, your um, depression. And these are the points I want to make, these three real quick here. Uh, I think these are the three things that he uses. When talking about his tools and how effective, I think he uses distraction a lot. There are three D's for you. It's a good, simple lesson. Three D. What distractions does Satan use to get us away from God? Now, that's an open question. What distractions? Anything and everything that he can. Anything and everything that he can. That is the best answer. Everything. I mean, the Bible is full. <laughs> and, and, and even in the church, we, we, it's so easily to be distracted. You know, to, to not... Uh, that remember why we're here and our focus. Um, I had Hebrews 12, chapter 2, when uh, the Hebrew writer was writing to this tired, weary uh, church. And what did he tell them to do in Hebrews 12, 2? Who knows that passage? Well, what are we supposed to focus on? What are we supposed to look toward? And to? To Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Look at what he endured. He didn't quit. 
And he was victorious over Satan. He gave Satan a blow that he would never recover from. And I'm from, and I'm grateful for that. But the distractions of this world, it would be, it would be sexual, it would be pride, it would be uh, monetary. I mean, we just list it today. Look at all the things that Satan does to distract us from the main purpose of why we were created. And we were created, I'm convicted from Scripture, to be a blessing to God. That's why we're, that's why we're created. It's prize creation. Comments question. What other distractions? What distractions have you had? <laughs> I've had a lot of distractions. This world gets in a hurry, doesn't it? Seem like we, we're right along with it sometimes. What distractions do you have? Anybody else want to list some distractions? Be honest and open? Yes. Avoiding conflict. Oh. Comforts of this world. <laughs> Pleasure. Only distraction. Then they're not bad all of themselves. The things of this world are just of this world. The distraction is going to make them fly over when they get in the way of our spirits. That becomes our life. You know, uh, uh, the Bible says, for example, for example, I'm thinking of now, the, the love of money is the root of all evil. So, <laughs> not money, is it? But it's the love of It's putting that before your loyalty and your love for God, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. Sometimes we focus too much. She said, if you didn't hear that, on the gift instead of God. And Santa can use that, those gifts, health, one of them, uh, to, um, to turn us against God. So I just don't think we realize, and um, the older I get, the more it seems like it's become more, I see it more and more, and I'm more conscious about it in my personal walk with God, that, uh, you know, Satan... He has a lot of power. <laughs> and uh, sometimes I've seen him use even um, brothers and sisters sometimes in the church to put a seed or, or doubt in their minds. Uh, I just, it just, it's just almost physically sickening. The things I've seen, uh, continue to see as you as well, what, how Satan... Um, it's destroying people. <laughs> now, it's a choice. You say, well, it's a choice. I know it's a choice. I know it's a choice. But um, just watch the news tonight at 10. <laughs> That's all you got to do. What? Well, we're not going to go there. But that's, <laughs> we're not doing this class. You can do that when... Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, you're right. If we're looking, you know, if we're looking for peace in this world, a justice, you're looking at the wrong place. I think that's found in God and in Christ. If you're looking, you know, uh, there's crimes and, and things that 
that people do. And, and I thought, how, how in the world? I mean, why would somebody do that? A roommate shot another, killed a roommate. I mean, just go through the list here and all the, the wars that are fighting and the, the world history. I mean, just, if you know anything about history, uh, someone says the only thing we learn from history is we don't learn from history. <laughs> a lot of truth to that. So you're absolutely right, um, Brother Tucker. The, uh, it just, uh, there's so many distractions. And the, the second one I want to look at is discouragement. That's, that's a major, major tool in uh, one of the quivers, I think, that Satan uses an awful lot. And we, we could look at Numbers 13. We could look, I, I didn't know where to begin talking about discouragement. Um, how the 12 spies came back, and or 13 the spies, rather, and two came back and said, we can do it, Joshua and Caleb, the other discouraged the whole nation. They're bigger than us. They're, we're just, they're big, and we're not. And so we just see discouragement all through the Bible. And I, I've seen it my 60 years on this earth. I've seen so, much, so many people get discouraged. They discourage themselves. <laughs> they do with their attitudes and their inward carnal thinking. And the, um, I've seen so many people so discouraged in this world. Satan uses that a lot. He does. He really does. Anybody in the Bible have been discouraged? You can read about Nehemiah. You think he never got discouraged? <laughs> Building the wall. How about Noah? 120 years? Never rained, never flooded before. You think Moses didn't get discouraged about those complaining people he had to lead? <laughs> you know, I go, we can go on and on. We all get discouraged. But, but what? But our encouragement, our strength, our refreshment is from the living waters, from the cross, it's from the Christ. We see big picture. That's where Satan gets us, I think, a lot of times. We don't look at the big picture. There's a big picture. This ain't just about our, our portion of the kingdom here. This is, this, is, this is not about any of us. It's about God. So we need to look at big picture. We're here a short time. We're passing through. Life is short. The grass of the field, David says. A vapor in James. We're here a little while, then it's gone. All those things. So discouragement is a major, major tool. And it could come in many forms. But it should not come within the body here. It should not be. We, we, we should never be accused of discouraging anyone. We should be just the opposite. Questions or comments on discouragement? I know, again, that's an open question. And then the third one is a big one is division. I think those two uh, do this, uh, preclude this. Uh, 1 Corinthians eleven eighteen, Paul says, In the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear and have learned there are divisions among you. I never understood that. I personally struggle with that. How can God's people be divided? How can they fuss and fight and quarrel? And Satan loves that. He loves that. But if he can get God's people to focus on themselves, they're not going to focus on what? They're not going to focus on the love and the grace and being closer to God and obedience to God and all these things. So I think we see these, uh, this really play out here. Questions, comments on the vision. We see this so much. Um, not just the church in Corinth, but we see that a lot. I think through Scripture, we see that I've seen a lot today too. Yes, ma'am. I think that if you look at division, division can lead to discouragement and distraction. So yes. If he can get you divided, then you've got the discouragement and the distraction. That's right. That's exactly right. 
I had somebody tell me this past week, a good friend of mine in Michigan, he said, Chad, you know the church here is just dying. <laughs> I thought, what do you mean the church is dying? I know there's, you know, he said, we're just, we're just dying. I said, that's a terrible attitude. I said, Jesus Christ did not come to this earth to die on a cross, to be resurrected three days later, for the church to be so discouraged and just dying. It's an attitude. Isn't an attitude a lot? <laughs> it's your attitude. What are you doing about it? Are you planting a seed? Are you being the ambassador? Are you doing all these? No, my dude, we're just discouraged. And someone told me three weeks ago that they said, not here. They said, Chad, you know, I don't think people want the truth anymore. I said, what? <laughs> he said, people just don't want the truth. I said, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. You see how Satan can do what he does, how he divides and he, and he discourages and he causes division in your mind and your heart. And you say, well, you know, people just don't want the truth anymore. That's, that's one of the foolish statements I've ever heard in my life. People do want the truth. They still want the gospel. They need the gospel. <laughs> they need Christ. They need God. Uh, they need the support group. Uh, I, I just don't think, I think that's, those are terrible statements in, of heart to make. Comments or questions on division here? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly right. I think honesty is a very important point, too, to make here. We need to be honest uh, with ourselves, uh, to see ourselves as God does. Uh, I, I think it's important to be authentic. Can I use that word tonight? <laughs> An authentic. To, 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 to say, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this. Well, we're so prideful. We don't want people to know that we got problems. Well, that's the first problem, <laughs> if you think you don't. We all do. And we, we need to share and, and confess our faults, as the Bible says, and, and you know, and to share these burdens, as you said, with each other, these struggles that we have. Uh, we all got struggles. Where you struggle, I might not. I can help you, and you can help me. That we're, we, we need that. We need each other. We do. So I think it's very foolish to think we could do this by ourselves, And uh, that's not God's intention, nor was it God's plan either. What else? Before we move on here, I, want, I wanted to go back to this passage. I go, sorry, going back here. I want to go, I want to go back to this, uh, the adversary. Somebody give me more descriptive words for Satan as we so I include this spiritual battle that we're in. We know we're in this spiritual battle. We know we're fighting Satan every day. And Satan really wants the people what? That... Who is he really working to get? Really? Bluntly. Who's, who is he really working overtime to get? God's people. Isn't he? We're his what? We're his biggest prize. Can I say we're also his biggest problem? <laughs> we are. Because of Christ. Yes, sir. Yeah, well, that's what he is called. <laughs> One of my notes here. He is a deceiver. Yeah. Lie. He, he tries to deceive us in thinking that, you know, the little president he has to offer is going to be a, a fulfilling thing. Mm-hmm. What scripture said, the pleasures of sin are only but a season. You know, Moses understood that too, didn't he? I'm grateful for that. Yes, ma'am. You had your hand up. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Big Kyle. I, I realize you're going back to me. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking you know, that he's focused on getting us because he already has everybody else. Think about it. You know, if, if you're not following God, you're insane. And so, I mean, that, that's really sober us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody told me a long time ago, Chad, the only person you could change is yourself. I think there's a lot of truth to that. So we've got to be conscious, always in the Word. Uh, it's hard for Satan uh, to be victorious when we're on our knees in prayer, when we're authentic and honest. And uh, it's harder for Satan to be successful when we're together, isn't it? I mean, it's easier for me to be more Christ-like when I'm, when I'm here. Is it, do you agree with that? <laughs> when I'm here with you, you know. It prepares me, it strengthens me. Uh, for the time when I'm not with you, <laughs> when, I, when I live in this world and function in this world, to, to remind myself of, of, again, who I am and uh, what my purpose is. And um, we are in a spiritual battle, we are. But we know that God is victorious. We know he is the one that we focus on. He's the one that was resurrected, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. We know we have heaven. We know we have eternity with God. But that doesn't mean that Satan is going to throw every trap, every piece of rope, anything he can conjure up, as we stated a moment ago, to get us to fall. I remember when Paul says, I, I remember Demas, who loved this present world more than God. I don't know about Demas. <laughs> I just know that he turned him over to Satan because of the choice that he made. Once one's faithful, something along the way caused him to falter and to fail. Failure is not an option for God's people. Not an option. We go forward with the right attitude of Christ. I, I'm, belittling, I'm, I'm talking way too much here. Comments? Uh, again, this look at the devil prowls. When an animal prowls, what does he do? And I watched one of these videos in preparation for this class last week of lions with, um, what were they? begins with an E, forgive me. Not an emu. Maybe it is emu, dearie. An emu. Yeah, that's not a turkey leg. Jerry thinks that, that's, I want to get off on that. <laughs> the Walt Disney World... It has emu legs, not turkey legs, they serve. Anyway, so, um, and it was interesting to me to watch that lion. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't instant. It wasn't just a quick, <laughs> you know, how, nature, how God cre created them. It wasn't instant. It was like, it seemed like five minutes that he watched that poor emu <laughs> that had no chance but we have a chance but he watched him and and and, and uh, he targeted and you ever wonder why you know the, these animals go in these big herds it's safe more safety in, in numbers that's an analogy we could do but there's always one that doesn't <laughs> make it and it's interesting to me watching this of how slow uh, targeted, and how that lion focused on that one. That's what Satan does. 
I think that really helps me with passage. I don't like cats. <laughs> That's true. Before they pounce on something. Well, that, that's Satan, isn't it? That's Satan, you know. He's going to attack us when we least expect it, you know. When things are going really, really, really good in our life, makes me a little nervous. <laughs> makes me want to stay more focused because uh, when we least expect it. And uh, so don't underestimate our adversary. That's, that's the point of lesson tonight. And uh, I hope and pray the next few weeks that we'll learn more about our adversary, how to be strong, how to keep focused, how to be sober-minded and more watchful, as uh, Peter writes uh, to us. Let's close. In, yes, go ahead. And we're close. No. Yes. Uh, because we don't see him the way we, if he came in like his real self, we wouldn't see him. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, we wouldn't right. accept him. But because right. he comes in as something else, we're fooled. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I just have to break the secret on him. Yeah. Or through somebody else. Or through somebody else. Our circumstances in life are, tempts us where we're weakest. You know, I could put, um, um, I could put a big bowl of, what do we have this in elder, candy corn. <laughs> and some of you would, would be weak. Who would not be weak eating candy corn? See, they're like, don't bother you. I mean, Danny had the whole fist full. <laughs> we all would, you know. So, I think we know the analogy there. So, say, 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 now let's find a word of prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for all that you do for us. Uh, we're grateful for victory. We're grateful for victory that we have in Jesus. That you have conquered Satan. That you've given him a, uh, a bruise that he will never recover from because of the cross of Jesus. And we're grateful for your love, your grace, your second chances, that you love us. We're grateful that you love us. Thank you for the church. Thank you for the support that we have and love that we have for each other. Bless our study these next few weeks as we, just, as we hopefully fall in love with you more because of our study. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys.